Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, and I am I'm in a really great mood, really great space right now. I'm super grateful to my guest, Trish Beasley, who we will talk about in momentarily. Um, wanted to comment on your song choices. I often comment on the song choices of my guests because they, you guys pick great songs. So if you're, this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, just so that you know, right before we hit record, we have a little dance party and have some fun. Um, and so usually there's about two or three songs. We shake our booties. We sweat a little bit. It's pretty awesome. And I just wanted to comment, because this has actually come up before, um, that you chose a song from the Greatest Showman soundtrack, which is kind of like my thing. And it was awesome. And I really, you know, I listen to the lyrics all the time. Um, but at this moment, I felt like I was sort of inside it a little bit. And I, I just, um, this, this, that one line. And so if you know the song, you'll probably, um, recognize it, but that, you know, bursting with a dream. And I really thought that that was pretty poignant being as that you are my guest today, because I know that you are a very passion driven entrepreneur, photographer, amazing woman, and you, in every conversation since that absolute first one we had in that coffee shop, um, it's been really clear that you're like, I have this dream and I'm going to put it together. And it just is, it just, it just is like, sure, there are blocks, but whatever, because I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do, what I envision myself doing. And so I think it's pretty poignant that you picked that song. So awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, Trish Beasley is a photographer and she is my photographer. Cause you know, I have a photographer now that's kind of, um, what's going on in my life. Um, and I am, I am so grateful to have met you and you have, you've done some great things for me recently. We did some branding shots and I just, um, I re remember from that experience feeling so, like safe seems like a weird word, but it felt really comfortable and really just so where I was supposed to be. And for a lot of women, getting your picture taken and, you know, doing poses and, and these are, you know, things that you're going to be putting out into the world. You're not just saving them for yourself. It can be really kind of unnerving. And I remember from the minute I walked into your studio and I was there all day, loving every minute of it. Um, I just Very felt good. so uh, taken care of. And I'm, uh, you will be my photographer life. And it's funny because we were just talking before we hopped on about how, when it comes to your clients, like your, your clients are your, are become like a family, not just some people you did some shots for. And, and I definitely feel that. So thank you so much, Trish, for joining me today on the podcast and for being willing to, to share a little bit of your hot mess to awesomeness journey. So thank you. Well, thank you for the invite. I love it. It was honestly so far, the dancing has been awesome. So I'm <laughs> sure the rest of it will be amazing too. And you're amazing. 
that first conversation that we had in the coffee shop, I think it could have gone on like all day. Right. We, yeah. We just really connected and clicked and from breakfast to, to your next appointment, it was like, maybe I'll just stay and we'll just have a big group chat. Like it was, it was really comfortable and, and amazing. And I always get nervous, believe it or not, when I start talking to people, uh, which you would think is funny, right? Because I teach, I do all this stuff. I'm always in front of people, but I am such an introvert. Like I'm an mm. extroverted introvert. Is that what they call it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, once I'm on stage, I'm, I'm okay. But it's that initial, oh, I don't, what am I going to say? Do I, but it's so easy to converse with you and have this conversation and it's like talking to your sister. So it's, it's really cool. <laughs> and this is kind of, I guess, why most of my clients ultimately end up becoming friends yeah. um, and family. Like, and, and I've had clients as, you know, for years and I don't even, you know, do you want a session? I just say, Hey, I'm booking in sessions. Are you ready? Yeah. Like, that's it. It's, <laughs> because I talk to them like they're family now. So it's great. Yeah. It's really, I'm really, really blessed. Well, I'm super excited to be part of your family and to have you as part of the hot mess to awesomeness community. <laughs> well, I mean, right. Trish, it's, it's, I mean, it's obvious that you are a successful photographer. Um, you are, and I, I didn't get a chance to sort of highlight the official stuff that you do. And so you are a teacher at Georgian and at Sheridan and that you've recently um, launched your own um, sort of school, which is the photography house, which I'm very excited about. I, yes. Yeah. And the photographer's, um, the photographer's house, my apologies. Yeah. And I mean, I am the kind of person that gets really interested in things, but I, it, you know, I don't see myself as becoming the photographer, but there, I have more interest than just using my phone. So is that the kind of um, stuff that I would be able to gain from connecting with you at that through, through your school? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, yes, I've been teaching and I've been teaching at Sheridan for seven years and I just joined Georgian this year. They actually asked me to help revamp their continuing education program in the photography um, or within respect to photography. But um, here at the studio, when or the photographer's house, it's it's about finding your passion. Some people I see they just have such a passion for photography, and the technical gets them, and the composition and understanding. There's two forms to photography. There's there's the technical side of it, which everybody can. I mean, I know me. My students ask me all the time, the technical side, and I'm like, yeah, so turn button on. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then there's the artistic side, which is, you know, um, so sometimes it's, it's, it's nice if you have one side to understand the other, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's what we do. And it doesn't matter if you're a novice, if you're beginning, if you're shooting with your phone and you just picked up a DSLR, or maybe you've got a DSLR and you haven't been off the auto mode, um, I'm going to show you how to actually use all the buttons that you paid for <laughs> in that camera um, and how to get a new lens on it. So, so yeah. That, I think that's brilliant. And on so many levels, because I know that there's so many things that we get excited about and we buy. And then before we like, we never get a chance to use it to its full capacity before it dies, before it's like, not like there's another thing and another thing. So for the budding photographers, the those that are interested in one side or the other, the artists, the the people who want to add and uh, as a as a complement to their creative uh, endeavors, which I'm always um, 
eager to tap into is to to have a, a better understanding, a better connection to our creative sides, um, then you'll have a chance to connect with with Trish a little bit later. But for now, listen to this whole podcast because that's why you're here. Okay. So, <laughs> so Trish, tell us a little bit about um, that, the journey, like what got you to this place? Because in that first conversation at the coffee house, I vividly remember you're like, I love this. I'm really good at what I do and it will continue to be part of my world. But we also talked about some shit storms that you ran into and that you needed to overcome. So um, it's been my experience that it's through those challenges while we are dreaming those dreams and keeping our eyes wide open to, to come back and, and uh, connect back to the Come Alive song um, that we we find what we need through that so that when we get there it almost seems like it's like it's it's a little sweeter it's a little fuller um and it for me it it it, it has this this of course this is happening like i have i have gone through this gone through this gone through this and still kept my eye on it like it it it's it it absolutely is coming to life so Tell us a little bit about that experience for you, because I know that there is some in there. <laughs> oh, there's tons. So I often feel that the fruit is always sweeter on the other side, mm. uh, right? Because by the time you work for it, and I've always been a worker, like I've always been a worker since I was a kid. That's just what I was taught to do. And um, I, I often would say too, is that why am I getting all the shit? Why am I getting... And I know we can swear, so I'm at least able to swear on this. Um, but I was always constantly getting the, the short end of the stick and always being put down and, you know, not enough. I'm never enough. And, and that, um, for me, was, like, really, really difficult because I'm so driven. Um, and that's just from growing up. I was taught, you know, you just, you go for it. And I mean, there's struggles, obviously, with, with everything and uh, what actually, I mean, it always had a camera in my hand. I actually have photos of one of my best friends from when we were 15 years old and I was photographing her on a car. And I mean, okay, we were 15 guys. So like we were young and skinny and beautiful then. <laughs> not that we're not now, but we were younger and skinnier then. <laughs> but um, photographing her. So, and, and. I, you know, I look back at that and go, oh my God, I, I knew nothing. It, you know, when I first started out and at 15 photographing, my parents didn't buy me a camera or anything like that. For me, it was literally buying the disposable cameras from Shoppers Drug Mart. Do you remember? They were like $5. Yes. Yeah. But then when you wanted to print any of the photos, and God, please turn out, right? They were $15. Whether they turned out or not to print them, it was ridiculously. So of course, every time I'd be like, "Okay, here's my," and you know, I'm 15 years old. What money do I have? Like nothing. Right. So um, I, I remember that, and and just throughout, just loving, loving taking pictures, loving creating, and I still look back on those pictures. I every now and then I'll bring them out when my girlfriend comes over and be like, hey, "You remember how skinny you were?" And <laughs> just bugger about it. But it's fun because it brings back great memories about that time. So. I've always loved it because it brings you back to a time and place where you were really happy mm. or it could bring you back to a place that um, you absolutely loved, you know, that person or you're missing that person. And that's amazing. And um, 
so going forward, moving forward, it wasn't that photography wasn't in my future. It just was kind of put on hold for a bit because I just looked at it as a hobby, as a thing that I could do with my friends. Um, and then I had kids, or at least I had the first one. And it was like, okay, like every mom, right? Let's pull up the camera. We got to do this. And I can tell you distinctively that I have a pile this high of my firstborn. I have a pile this high of the second one. Yeah. And the third one, well, she's kind of higher because she's the only girl. So, and she does pageants. So, of course, she, her <laughs> photos are like here now. But, but, you know, distinctively, I feel bad for the middle child. I can't tell you. Um, but enjoying it so much, I ended up, you know, in my travels in my life, because you've got to live in order to, to see your dream come anyway, right? So um, I ended up working for a company doing labels, believe it or not, the most boring, uh, you can't even like product photos of labels, come on. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe if they were a great company, but like, you know, not saying they're not a great company, but I'm just saying, you know, that was where I was at. And um, I met my husband and he said to me, you always have a camera in your hand. You're always taking pictures. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, because then I might not like it, <laughs> right? Because mm. that's the next thing. When you have a hobby and it's strictly a hobby and you enjoy it, as soon as it becomes your job, you are like, I don't know, right? Well, I mean, 10 years later and I still love it. I still love doing it. Sometimes I get frustrated and everybody can, but I still love it. But that journey, um, I actually ended up having a car accident um, in 2009. And it took me on this huge ride over a period of four years. But um, by the, uh, within that first year after the car accident, I got married to my husband. So big changes. We moved from Toronto to Brampton, married my husband. Uh, we had a baby, um, our first little guy. So we had the older guy and then we had the middle guy. And, um, and of course, at that point, then I bought the D my first actual DSLR. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting to play with because I'll be honest, as much as I love playing with cameras, it was always a point and shoot until it became a DSLR and there was all these buttons and stuff. And I was just like everyone else. It's not that I didn't know how to shoot. I knew the artistic, but not the technical. So, um, so that was a struggle. And then I had to go back to work. Um, and then they let me go. They weren't supposed to let me go. Um, but they did. And I was like, I looked at my husband. And I said, well, what the heck am I going to do? Um, because I had had a bad shoulder injury from the car accident uh, that I was in. I couldn't actually lift anything heavy. I couldn't be at a computer for more than eight hours. <laughs> I tell my doctor that now, <laughs> but, uh, um, I couldn't do that at the time. So they had let me go. And I looked at my husband and said, nobody else is going to work for me right now. And he said, well, you've got your camera, just do it, just do mm -hmm. it. And I, you know, he has been so supportive over 10 years and, um, and then just in doing that, we, uh, you know, I started off like everyone else, just doing free sessions, low cost sessions, building my skills up and taking private classes until my mentor, um, became, um, you know, my biggest asset. He, he referred me to Sheridan. He did all these great things and, and we ended up uh, working together quite a bit and uh and uh yeah and that's kind of where and I mean obviously there's highs and lows throughout that I mean I don't want to give you my entire story we could be here for years um <laughs> but, but you know you you just you grow and you grow and you grow and um 
when we moved to Barry uh, last year, so it was just a year and a, and a month, year and two months now that we've been here. And um, I didn't shoot, like I barely shot last year just because between getting our old house ready and moving to this one and then transitioning. Um, so I didn't shoot a whole lot last year. And at Christmas time, I was like, hey, I'm ready to shoot, but I don't have a space. I don't, I don't, like, where, what am I going to do? Bring them through my old house. So my old house had a studio that had a side entry. So my clients didn't have to walk through my whole house. And, and the new house doesn't have that. And I kind of looked at my husband. It's just not going to do. I'm going to have to find some place to shoot. And it was just by fluke that I happened to find the place that I'm in now in Cookstown on Facebook because we all troll Facebook at two o'clock in the morning when we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the rest of our lives because we can't shoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, well, I could only shoot in, you know, the summer. So, oh, look at this place. So it, it turned out that, you know, this place came available and, um, and we're here now. But in that journey, it was like, do I stop shooting? Like, what am I supposed to do? We need to, you know, we need to have the two incomes. And at one point I kind of looked at my husband and said, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get a full-time job? Do you, like, what are we going to do? Because we still didn't have two kids. So one was in school and the smallest one is in daycare. Um, and, uh, or at least while I was working, she was in daycare. And I was like, well, if I work, I'm only going to make so much. And then I got to pay daycare. So what are we going to do? And he looked at me and said, you need a job you need to get a job because we just can't. And I was, I, I just kind of, I got mad. I'll be honest. I was really pissed <laughs> off at him. I was like, I wanted to beat him over the head. And <laughs> I mean, I love my husband. He's very, very supportive. Um, but, but you did ask him. <laughs> I did ask him, which was, you know, because what I was expecting was baby, you haven't even had a chance yet. You go do it and let's see what right. happens. Right. That's what I was expecting. Right. My husband, though, never disappoints. He always gives the opposite answer of what you want to hear, um, but still very, very supportive and funny. So, so I kind of looked at him and I said, who the hell do you think you are? I said, we moved in here. I watch the kids. You go to work. You do this. You do that. And you're telling me that I can't continue on with my business because I can't shoot? Well, how about we find me a place to shoot? How about you give me a chance? to actually work my business without having to have children around me and mm. booking your appointments. How about you call the fucking doctor yourself and do it yourself so I can take the 15 minutes and talk to a client? I said, people don't know me up here. Once they know me up here, it's going to be a different ballgame. So he's like, okay. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I just want to comment because I find it fascinating because this is not you're not the first person to voice out loud what it is that you want but have to do it through somebody else first right so ultimately yeah. you asked him but you already knew what you wanted but that we yeah. we get into this space where either we don't acknowledge it and we 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 need to have it sort of the opposite shown to us so that we can go, oh no, that's not what I want to do. Um, or we just, we can get sort of like caught up in the, what I should do and all this like that. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be like bullshit. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and our partners who the loves of our lives, you know, often they're that person because they're the person who's there, they're the safest and, and here we are. And ultimately, you know, you, you knew what you needed to do. You just needed your own kick in the ass to go and yeah. 
do it. Um, and I also wanted to just comment on something you had said earlier because it really struck me. I'm like, hmm, fascinating. Which was when you were making that decision to go from hobby to like businesswoman, um, you ran into the, but what if I don't like it anymore? So, and obviously you do continue to, to love it. So I, I, I was wondering, what is it that you did to ensure that you, it stayed part of your passion, even though it also was generating income, um, without it becoming like work? And it does okay, come work, but how do you maintain the, the flair, the passion, the, the spark? Okay, so the first thing was the money. <laughs> I love money. I love, I love spending money. I am a proven shopaholic. So I knew, and, and it's all my husband's fault, because before I met him, I used to buy, you know, the great value stuff, and now I'm on to Heinz, and I'll never go back. So that's kind of, like, that was me before and after. So I love money, and I love to spend it. So I, that was the first thing because I needed a job and I needed to make sure I could maintain my life. (laughs) (laughs) But this, this, but what actually the best part about my job, honestly, is that there's so many facets to it Mm. that, you know, it, the first year I just shot families and babies trying to kind of get my feet wet and really, um, you know, do, do great by them. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, well, I need to make more money because these families, and at the rates that I was charging at back then, I was like, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna buy me a new bathtub. <laughs> like, this, we gotta move it up. So, and then I started shooting weddings, and I tell you, I had one to two weddings every single weekend when I said, hey, I'm gonna do weddings um, from May until November one year, I was, I burnt myself out completely. Mm. So it was like, I went from this genre to this genre. I was like, nah, you know, maybe I'll do some modeling photos. So then I started shooting models and then I started shooting boudoirs and then I started shooting business women. And I, then I was like, oh, I'm bored. Let's go shoot animals. And I kind of, so, so it kept it fresh and new. And now I'm like, shit, I've shot everything. What did I really, and I have, and you've seen the studio, there's tons mm-hmm. of baby crap in here. There's like change tables. There's all kinds of wraps and pro- and I keep on buying them props and everything else. And I'm like, but I don't want to shoot, <laughs> but I do, I do when I'm bored. So I have to have that stuff and, and not when I'm bored. I mean, somebody's going to say, Oh, she doesn't want to shoot baby. She's crazy. But honestly, my passion started, um, started really evolving when I started working with more business women. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing their excitement because I'm excited because I love my job and I love being able to succeed and I love seeing other people succeed and I love to help them. So as that started to evolve, um, I started learning more about graphic design and how to, to design logos and create, you know, templates and, and do and flyers and, and just inspire other women. And I'm really, you know, people are like, oh, we'll just inspire everybody. I'm like, no, like mm-hmm. girls get like the tramped on all the time because we got to be the moms and we got to be this and we got to do that and we got to do this. And, we get, and I looked at my husband, I said, if there was 15 of me, there still wouldn't be enough between all of you guys, right. you know, and extended right. family and everything else. I said, you know what? This, let's do it. I just get out of my way and let me do it. So there's not enough for us. And I, and every time I see uh, someone come in and um, they they ask me about, you know, what is it that inspired you? What is my, 
my drive to succeed and show every other asshole out there how fucking awesome that was <laughs> and it took me a long time I know it sounds funny but it took me a long time to get to that so now I'm completely inspired um by that as part of my you know and I have women who come in here and they do boudoir sessions and they're like oh, I'm so nervous I'm so, and I'm like girl rip it off let's do it like just you know there's no no boundary you know, if you can take that step in a piece of lingerie, think about what the hell you're going to do outside. Like, it's amazing. Mm. Um, and that kind of just inspired me. And, and because of my love of teaching um, and, sh and sharing and wanting to see everybody succeed, it kind of evolved now to the photographer's house where I'm still shooting, but I'm getting this on the go as well, where I'm inspiring other young artists who want to really get out there and and I tell my students all the time, there's, there's no bounds. Like with technology now, you can start as a, a photographer of people. And by the time you're done, I'm so, we talked before this, and I was like, I'm in the process of doing videos, um, workshop videos for somebody else, you know, so, and doing video. And I'm not a videographer, like not even a little bit, but I'm learning um, as I go. So there's always something new to add to your repertoire. And I think that's what keeps it fresh for me. And that makes, um, that's brilliant. And, you know, one of my core things is, you know, learning and not like, I'm a lifelong learner. I am a lifelong learner. Yeah. And that's not, that's not the meat of it. It's, you know, for those of us who have a passion, have a interest, have a desire, and maybe have this oh, dream, um, sometimes we can get really caught up in our own shit going, well, you know, there's so many other people that do it, or I don't know enough or my little part's not that big of a deal. And in essence, it's kind of like that spark, that thing that's drawing you in, that lights you up. It's just the beginning, right? You can't really know where it's going to take you, but just knowing that it's, it's, it, you love it. And, and acknowledging how you feel when you're in it, that it isn't just, it's the thing that I do after I'm done doing the job I don't like. Like it's, yeah. it's the thing that keeps me happy. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's, there's great, there can be great balance between what you do for paid work and what you do for, for hobby work and finding joy and where you need to find it. But, um, you know, if, it's, if the alternative is just to go get a job so that money will come in um, and, and following Anybody a little bit, right. And following that little bit of passion I mean, explore where it goes and for you to be able to go there's no end okay babies yeah, hey, yeah okay what's the next thing all right yeah. this what's the next thing and then paying attention to the joy you get in it loving it for what it was and then going it's okay to want to expand and do something different under the same umbrella so your yeah. your video work is under the photographer's yeah. house it is in that world and it's completely different and you know, I, I attract a lot of uh, multi-potentialites. So people who like to do a variety of things, sometimes they're interrelated, sometimes they're not. And often one of the things they, they worry about is that they don't have a one thing, like that this is the definer, right? Because we're yeah. so driven as a society to walk around and go, I am what I do. And so yeah. if I do a lot of things, then what am I? And how can I make sure that I, I have the right thing or the say the right thing or show up the right way, all that bullshit. Anyway, I just wanted to, because I know I see you get excited 
about each thing that you dive into. And it's not that you're not excited about babies, but that the, you know, you're also excited about this and follow this and follow this. So for the people, again, for the people who are tuning in and, and, you know, under the very social norm of creative work is not work. Um, So I know many creatives who have been fortunately very, very um, driven and, and, surrounded by people who believed in their passion and their creative work. And I know a lot of people like myself who that was, that was not a thing. Like creative work mm-hmm. is not work. It's the thing you, you do when no one's watching. It's the other thing. Yeah. And that work yeah. is work and you need to go in. Here's your categories of appropriate jobs that you can have and yeah. make sure that they all make X amount of dollars because this, 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 and no fault to anybody in my world. It was very, just the way pe- a lot of people continuously think and can I tell you I feel like sorry to interrupt I feel like there's two different types of people there are and this I call my husband this I call him the worker bee so there's the worker bee and then there's the queen right the worker bee is the guy or the person who they just they go it's mundane every day they do the same thing they go and pick their pollen and they come back and they you know but it's the queen who's saying yes bitch get that shit done (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and she's the one, she's having all the baby bees who become worker because she's the, she's the bomb, right? So right. she's the one, and, and she's motivated to grow and make her hive huge. Right. So that is, I think that there, it re- revolves down to two people. There are worker bees and then there are queens. And, and yeah. both are necessary. You can't have a queen without They're workers. So you can't have workers yeah. without a queen. And, and I, I see this all the time. You know, I, yes, I ventured out into entrepreneur land. You ventured out into entrepreneur land. And some people, that's not where they need to go. And nobody has to. Like, it's not a, like, no. it's not an evolution. You don't, that's not the next no. step. It's just, it's where it is that you feel most lit up, most on purpose, most, um, of service to yourself, your family, and the world. And in it, we have to have people who want all the, like someone who wants to do this and someone who wants to do this and someone who's excited about this. And, 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 and for me, it always comes down to the values we feel driven by where we uh, align our sense, like what's our sense of purpose and how we align to that. Um, I have come in contact with a number of men specifically who truly are, are in, in, in not that they're doing something they don't want to do, but their alignment around their sense of purpose and their sense of purpose mm-hmm. is as a provider. And they, they take on that persona and it becomes part of who they are. And so it becomes very, very exactly what they choose to do. It's not that they're doing it out of spite or in, and it's, it falls in line with how they want to show up in the world, gives them the opportunity to be the best dad. They feel they are the best husband, the best, um, all of those things. Anyway, not that this was about our husbands, um, but it is about all of us. They're a part of it. Well, I mean, I feel like when I say to my husband, uh, oh, I got this contract and this is what we're doing. And he's super excited. Um, his job and what he's told me since the beginning, he wants to be a kept man. He wants to stay home <laughs> with the kids and he wants me to support him. And I'm honestly okay with that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really honestly am. Um, he's a great supporter and he's a great provider, but um, I think it works as an entrepreneur. Um, and it doesn't matter what stage you're in, you always need whether you're just starting out with, you know, low income coming in and you need that extra support or you're making a decent amount of money 
to support your family, you still need that support from your spouse mm-hmm. that not only are they there when you're not doing well, but they're there when, when you are. Because, um, and another thing with, with entrepreneurs is that we need to really strive. We need to rise up, as I always say. You need to realize who you are and come out of yourself. I mean, I was hidden for so long in myself. Like I, you know, I had tons of just bad self-esteem. Like I was, you know, not good looking. And I think you've seen, there was a post I posted on my Facebook um, a couple of months ago. And I was like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm a great person. I'm a, I'm a good, gentle soul. I will give you the shirt off my back. I will try and help you out however I can to the point of hurting myself. But at, and when I say that, me putting myself in a bad position, but at the same time, don't mistake my kindness for weakness because mm-hmm. I am not weak. And it took me a long time to realize how powerful I am, how powerful my words are and how powerful my actions are. So whether I am doing this, which I absolutely love, and I mean, I go back and forth. Some days I'm like, I love it. And some days I'm like, oh, for the love of Peter. (laughs) (laughs) But there are other days where I'm like, I am, you know, I have a client come in and I I empower them. And when they leave, they just feel so positive and safe, as you had Mm -hmm. said, and they feel good about themselves. That is empowering for me as well. And I think as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to, to put yourself out there enough to bring yourself down to your core mm-hmm. and, and realize who you are. I mean, I'm 40, and, 45 this year and I'm like, it took me like 43 years to figure that out. Yeah. And you know what, you are, you are not alone there, you know, 44 this year and it took me a hell of a long time. And I just wanted to highlight, you're absolutely right for it, for entrepreneurs. It's a really valuable mindset to adopt or to live into. And for those that are not entrepreneurs, I mean, I, many women, whether you have children or not, or you are, um, your family includes people or animals or whatever it may be, um, that capacity to understand that the power that you hold and how you can wield it to have an impact, right? So, um, your words are powerful. Your thoughts are powerful. How you choose to show up is powerful and it goes against what many of us have come to believe over time, um, where we stand and how we do it. Uh, that I think is, is such a powerful, <laughs> it's a powerful message about power, um, but it, it's, it's a truth that many of us are blinded to just through the experiences of living in this world. And so can I tell you, can I tell yeah. you a little, it's funny, this story is so funny. I was, I don't know what it was. I took my kids to Costco. This was a few years ago, before COVID, before masks, before any of that stuff. And I had taken them to Costco and I, I was furious. Like I was just having a bad all around day to begin with. And it wasn't anything my kids had done. You know, I was cool with them, but you know, we had gone shopping and you know, it's Costco. So you're there for at least an hour mm-hmm. um, by the time. And I like, I'm a, I'm a, like I said, I like to shop. So we go through every aisle and everything else. And finally got to the cashier and now I'm getting irritated just because I don't know, like something flipped in my head. I was just a whole lot of things, emotions were happening um, all at once. And I, I know there was, I, I don't remember what it was, but there was something that was just in the back of my mind that was really making me sad and I couldn't express.
and I was at the cash with, you know, Costco, you went in for socks and you come out with like, you know, it cost you 500 bucks basically for those socks. And um, I had a cart full of stuff, but my bank card wasn't working. And it's not that there wasn't any money in there. It just wasn't. And the girl was to me, she goes, well, you have to press the pin pad. And I just, I kind of, it threw me to a different place. And I was like, do I look like an idiot to you? Do I, I'm like three times your age, girl. Do I look like an idiot to you? I was really mad. And I finally said, you know what? Keep your stuff. I took my kids and I left and I was furious. Now my kids, we had had, uh, you know, the hot dogs in the pop that's there for buck 50, best do a hot dog and a pop for $1.50 ever. And so I still had my drink and I was loading my kids into the car and getting them in and I kind of went around to the back because I had I don't know if I had a stroller I had something that I had to put in the back I know it wasn't food because I didn't buy any and I was so angry my kids were already in the car and I literally turned around and, went, and I threw my drink across the parking lot like just on the ground like I wasn't aiming for anybody right. well there was an old lady now this is where the point actually comes but <laughs> there was an old lady and her daughter oh that's a really nice thing you're teaching your children and I just you and I, I laced into the old lady. I felt bad. She was probably like close to 80 years old. And I just, who the hell do you think you are? You shut your, and I was mean. Like I was down, like I let it out. And it wasn't at her. But if she had turned, and I was angry. And so if she had turned around to me and said, are you okay? Like what happened? Are you okay? I probably would have broken down in tears and had a good, honest heart to heart with this lady who would probably have made my day feel so much better. So your power is in what, what you make it. So every day that I'm out, if I'm in a bad mood, I don't leave my house because I know I'm going to rip someone's head off. <laughs> but guess what? I haven't been in a bad mood since I got my studio. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but even with my mask on, I smile with my eyes. I truly believe your eyes are your window to, are the windows to your soul. And I smile at everyone. I don't care if they're having a bad day. I don't care if they're, you know, if whatever, they stink or something or whatever. But I give them that smile to let them know that there's someone who appreciates them in this world. And I think um, whether you're, you're a worker bee or a queen or whatever, you need to give that positive reinforcement to people to show them there's there's always a light. There's always a way out. There's always a way to succeed. There's always a way to be more than what you feel like you're at. And you know what? And, and that smile is a two-way street because it's, it's yeah. beneficial, like inwardly, yeah. right? When yeah. you carry that, it's not your job to make other people happy, but by being there and present and showing up the way you're, you're choosing to do, the, there's a ripple effect. And I think that um, that's such yeah. a, a really important thing in the world always well, it, and today. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a good message, I think, for people because um, one of the, the things that I noticed, especially now having to wear masks when you're out, you don't get to see the expression on people's faces anymore. So you don't mm -hmm. know what their day is like. And that smile might, you know, take them from going over the edge and throwing a pop across the parking lot um yeah it was it was an emotional day and when I I'll tell you when I got in the car I just bawled my eyeballs out my kids mm -hmm. were like what's wrong mommy and I felt really bad because but I obviously not for them I you know but uh but yeah it's one of those things that I think as women in general 
um, even men, like there's so much pressure now to, to be the best at everything and to do so much and to, um, to be a part of everything that, that if you're not, if you feel like you can't, because there are days where you just need to shut down. Yeah. Um, and there is like, um, I have, and I mentioned this to you, I said, well, we're going to be on the last two weeks of vacation going into the school. So we'll do the podcast on the ninth when the kids are in the school and it'll all be good. And you know what? I haven't stopped in two weeks. I had literally two days where I said, no, I'm not even going to turn on my computer. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's just, you have to shut down in order to energize yourself, mm-hmm. to energize and help the people around you and then be able to succeed and strive um, and, and kind of recharge that battery for the energy yeah. that you need to make your world happen. Absolutely. Speaking of making things happen, um, I didn't even mention that you are one of the amazing sponsors of the 100 Women on Fire event, which is happening very, very soon. And I'm very excited for you to be able to connect directly with all of the amazing women who are attending. I think we're, we're like 85 or something amazing like that. So that's very, it's very exciting. So Maybe give us a little snippet um, or, you know, what would be something that you would share with a woman stepping into that event, right? So the, the event is, is all about helping women to sort of bust through that inner critic crap, embrace their awesomeness and help mm-hmm. and, and, and really to rewrite their story, write a new chapter, if you will. What would you say mm-hmm. to someone who's stepping into that event um, for the first time? They may or may not be entrepreneurs, but they're definitely on a mission to make their happiness a priority. So this is actually my first time in, in this event as well, like completely. So, um, <laughs> and I'm sad that it's not happening live, but I'm excited no. to see it online. I know. Well, the next I'm live excited. event, so just as a pause, because you, of course, are the photographer for the event. and. Yeah. The event switched to virtual, which changes things. So when we do return to face-to-face, you'll be there sharing your awesomeness then. But it's still going to be great. It will just be great differently. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I, the energy that you already emit online as we're talking, I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. (laughs) So I'm excited for it. And I've already told my husband that these two days, nobody comes near me. (laughs) And I know it's only half a day, but you all leave me alone. I just don't want to hear it. Um, But so the first thing I would say is it's only the beginning. Mm. Yes. Only the beginning, right? Um, There is, and I haven't, like I said, this is, oh, I'm losing my earpiece. Um, So it's my first time at your event, but I have been to other ones and as a photographer and I have gone in and I shot and um, I don't think that was. Um, I've gone in and I've shot and, um, and then I pause and I go, shit, I missed all of that because I was so busy shooting. Right. And then one year I sat down at this conference and I listened. So that would be my second thing to say is it's the beginning. You need to listen. And when you start hearing the stories of all these women of where they started and where they came to or where they, where they are now, you're going to be like, bitch, I'm going to be up at the station next year. 
that's that's where I'm gonna be because it's so motivating and it's 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 your story. All those other women, all these other women out there, these entrepreneurs, the ones that are getting started, maybe the women who are just, you know, they don't want to be an entrepreneur. They're okay with going to work and having their own thing, but they just need a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I feel like you walk in, you know it's the beginning, you need to listen, and then you need to take it all in. And when you take it all in, you begin to realize that the women that are at your table that you've never seen before or that you've only seen in passing different networking groups or you've seen them online or whatever it is, and all of a sudden those those aren't just other women, they're your sisters because they want to see you succeed. They want to see you get to whether it's, it's being, you know, the owner of a conglomerate, huge powerhouse company, or whether it's like, I put on pants today. That's a good thing. Um, they want to see you get there. And I think that, that is what I feel from you. Like, that's what I get from you. So I know that your event is going to be amazing. Because when I think about you, and I know it sounds funny, but I want to put pants on <laughs> every day, <laughs> every day. And I want to show up. I want to show up. And that would be my last thing show up, you know, and, and so it's just the beginning. You need to listen. You need to take it in. Remember they're your sisters and then show up. And that's it. Those are my five things that I would say. Please. I'm just going to like frame that, <laughs> put it out into the world. Thank you. And that's exactly the essence of the entire Women on Fire movement. It's really about building a community, a sisterhood, um, regardless of what it is that you show up to every day, is that you feel that you have it within you. And if it's not within you, you have the people around you to help hold you there so that you can continue to do what you desire to do every day and put your, your happiness right at the top of that to-do list. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited um, to see you at the event and, um, and for everyone to, to get to know you a little bit better and, and connect with you. Um, I highly, highly recommend if you have any um, photography needs or if you're really interested in photography and you want someone who will tell you what it's really like, how it really works and how the, you can make it work for you, then, then Trish is, is definitely the person you want to talk to. So thank you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And um, you absolutely can get tickets if you're interested at uh, 100womenonfire.com. And I hope to see everybody very soon. Okay. Bye. Get your tickets, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.